a new podcast, Journey into the World of Language and the Cultures They're a Part of. Impact 89 FM presents Langringos. Hola a todos, bienvenidos al cuarto episodio de Langringos Podcast. Hoy tenemos un episodio bastante especial. We have a very special episode today. I got carried away with Spanish. I was already too excited because <laughs> we have a very special guest, like I said. We are here with one of the best Spanish professors in the business, one of the best you could ever have. Francisco, how are we doing? Hi, Nick. I'm doing really, really, really well. Thank you so much for the invitation coming to, you know, to speak in your podcast. Well, thank you for taking the time to show up to our podcast. We are super excited. You're our first guest we've ever had here. Um, first All right. interviewing. We're going to be learning a lot about um, your perspectives as a Spanish professor, talking about your native homeland of Colombia, and also just kind of some advice for language learners. So we are here, obviously, want to shout out Derek as well. Derek's still here. How are we doing, man? Doing well, doing well. <laughs> are you as, you're as excited as I am? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm not showing it right now, but I am internally. Yeah. So, yeah. As yeah, soon we as we more... really start talking, then, then it'll come out, then it'll become apparent. Yeah. So. <laughs> Once we start talking, we'll be, uh, we'll get the juices flowing. Our brains are going to be working. We're going to be super excited to dive straight into this episode. So without that being said, let's get right into it. So Francisco, our first question for you, kind of basic, it's kind of like a little icebreaker. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you are currently doing here at Michigan State, and where you've worked in the past, the places you've lived, et cetera. Okay, wow. That's a, that's a loaded question. I can take I can take all, all you know like two hours, three hours to um, now well I was I was born in Colombia in Cali. Uh, it's a, it's a little city. Well it's not that little, but it's a it's a small city in the southwest um, part of Colombia. Um, so I grew up there, I was there until I was 20 years old. Then I moved to the US. Um, I'm currently working as the coordinator for the 100 level, uh, the Spanish program at MSU. Um, so that's what I've been doing. So, you know, kind of like going back to the beginning, the kind of like when I came to the US, that was 2003. Uh, I was living in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So it was, it was, a, it was a really interesting place in, in terms of, you know, what is around and, and, and also, you know, the people around. Um, uh, I was not, uh, uh, I didn't have any training in English. I mean, I mean, I learned English in Colombia, um, but it was, it was always so repetitive that uh, actually I couldn't use any of it in, in the United States. So, and, 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 you know, it's just, um, it has been one of the most interesting experiences of my life. Uh, just just kind of like from the get-go, it was kind of always that, that struggle to make myself understand a little bit. Uh, I, I remember I remember the first thing I wanted to try, getting off the plane. You know, I was in Miami, and, and I wanted to try Burger King. Because, <laughs> because we had McDonald's in Colombia by that time. Yeah. By 2003, we had yeah. McDonald's. So I said, like, Burger King. And, and let, let me just kind of like back up a little bit just to say, 
the American culture is so embedded in, in, in the Colombian culture as well. It's just, it's just, it's very popular. So we are, we are aware of, um, you know, American football. We are aware of, uh, you know, basketball, you know, the, 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 the politics, the economic, pretty much everything. We are really aware of what's going on in the U.S. So Burger King was one of the things that I was like, okay, I try McDonald's. I need to try Burger King. So it was really interesting because I, I didn't, I didn't know how to ask. But even though it was Miami, and I was supposed to like, well, I mean, everyone should speak Spanish, I guess. Um, but this particular person uh, that was kind of like, uh, you know, the taking the orders didn't speak any Spanish. So I was like, okay, so at least I can say number one. Just, kind of like okay so I, at least i can say that so i say number one and the person asked me you want the combo and i say i guess <laughs> I say, yes because i didn't know what, the, what was the meaning of that you know it was it was a different price and the, mm -hmm. these uh, included and then and then and then um so they they gave me this stuff and and i and i wanted to ask for uh ketchup um but if you know a little bit of Spanish, you say salsa de tomate, right? Mm -hmm. it's just, there's two, uh, three different words to explain that. So I, I would start, I start asking about it, like tomato sauce, because I wanted ketchup. But I say, I say, do you have tomato sauce? And the person was puzzled by the answer, by my question, <laughs> like tomato sauce, what is that? And and looking back and you know like thinking after so many years about it and say like why did why this particular person didn't make that connection tomato sauce it's ketchup I mean to, something that is made of tomato yeah. <laughs> I don't know I don't know but but it was kind of like baptism by fire mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so after that uh, I spent about. Uh, six years in Tuscaloosa. Uh, then I moved to Ohio, um, where I finished my bachelor degree at Ohio University, co podcast. Um, and then I finished, then I went to Auburn. So I came back to Alabama, Auburn University. I was doing one semester in, um, in uh, I was doing a master's in literature. So I spent it only one semester until I got accepted into MSU um so i did my master's there i spent two years there from 2010 to 2013 yeah uh so i was there as a grad student so i was not only uh you know taking classes but also i was teaching um at the 100 200 level i taught a, a class also on the 300 level 310 just probably nick is aware of what then tells um mm -hmm. So I was, I was, I taught that for uh, one year. Then I moved to Florida, to Gainesville, to work on my uh, PhD. So 2006, I came back to MSU. Uh, I came back as an instructor teaching Spanish, different levels. Um, uh, the position for the coordinator opened, opened uh, up for, I think, two years ago. I applied for it. I got the job. So I've been, I've been the coordinator uh, at you know the BLI the um, 
basic language uh, basic language instruction program in Spanish since then. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah, you definitely have, uh, you've lived in a lot of different places, especially in the US. I think you've yeah. lived in more places than I have. And I think then obviously Derek has lived in Brazil, but you know, we've, you've lived in more spots than us, which is really cool. And I'm sure seeing all these different cultures, for example, you know, going to a Burger King for the first time, and there's lots of different things that, you know, in, in the United States, it's very unique and, and, and different. So I think that's, that's definitely awesome. Um, and going in, uh, kind of segueing into culture, um, obviously, you're from Colombia. And like you said, America has a big impact on their culture. But what are some things about Colombian culture, uh, for example, whether it's specifically in Cali, or, you know, the different regions or Colombia in general, what are some, you know, unique things about Colombian culture. Just give us a lowdown, like your favorite parts of it, just in general. And and, and what you miss most too. Yes, that's a great question. Oh, wow, I mean, it's, uh, it's again a loaded question, but <laughs> let, me, let me try to break it down. So I, I would say one of my favorites, my favorite parts of the Colombian culture is, uh, you know, family, celebrations, and obviously food, because you know, mm -hmm. this is kind of like, it, they go, uh, you know, hand on hand, I guess. Um, you know, as a child, I enjoy, uh, you know, spending a lot of time, like getting together with my family and celebrating stuff, you know, any, you know, birthdays or Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, uh, Christmas, you know, New Year's Eve, you know, the order of celebration. I mean, every single, uh, birthday it was kind of like a big gathering and, and stuff um so it was that's one of the things you know i, I cannot it's one of my favorite parts growing up you know getting together with my family but i just start growing up and family is not as appealing anymore uh so it's not like spending time with your family that's not fun let's go out you know with you know you get your groups of friends now friends now and then it's, it's just going to the bars and and, and uh, dancing and and doing all all all, all stuff, right? Um, so it, it was it was about that. So, but it's always like I say, always celebrations and food. It's always kind of like a, a big a big part of that um, uh, big part of the culture. And um, about Cali, you know, I miss. I miss the people. I miss my family. Obviously, I miss, uh, uh, you know, how hopeful, how fun, how witty uh, the 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 people in Cali uh, are. You know, my friends. Obviously, uh, my family. That's what I miss the most. And I, of course, the food because, um, I mean, East Lansing. You know, they don't have a Colombian restaurant, so it's that <laughs> the closest one is in Chicago. But you know, I don't have any issues whatsoever driving four hours just to enjoy it, <laughs> enjoying a Colombian dish yep. once in a while. Mm -hmm. um, and and every single time I go somewhere somewhere in the US, uh, you know, either any any city, I always try. The first thing I I, I look, is, well, I wonder if they had a Colombian restaurant there. Mm -hmm. So so it's, you know, mm -hmm. and what is your I cannot, yeah. What is your favorite Colombian dish? Like your favorite specific food? Because I don't know, Derek, I don't know if you know, do you know anything about Colombian food? Because I don't think I've ever tried it. I've, I've had some, um, uh -huh. I had some arepas, although 
some people claim it's not from there some people claim it is from there so we're not we won't get into that um but yeah i've, I've had a couple a couple dishes on on occasion but uh i think definitely, I think, definitely still a lot to try we got we have a we have to learn a lot too and so sometimes yeah. you, just go, you go and tell us your favorite dish uh i would say i would say tamales and oh. and when you hear the word tamales probably one of the things, the first thing that will come out, uh, come to your mind will be something similar to Mexican tamales. Mm -hmm. Mexican tamales, Mexican tamale, if I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong, but they tend to be a little bit on the sweet side, right? Mm -hmm. A little bit. Mm -hmm. A little bit, right? Uh, well, Colombian tamales are a little bit different because they are bigger, but for the most part, and they have meat. Um, so, so, there's different different types of uh, tamales depending on the region where you live in Colombia. Mm -hmm. So in my region, the tamales are bayunos because the estate or the department where I live is called Valle. Um, mm -hmm. So it's called tamales bayunos. Um, so so these are a little bit different because they are made with uh, uh, potatoes, uh, carrots. And they, you can put beef or pork or chicken or all of it. So it's a, it's a, it's a huge day dish. It's mostly when you have huge gatherings, your family is getting together. They are difficult to make. And also is it takes a little while to get them done. So, mm -hmm. so usually all the family kind of participates on, on, um, you know, kind of like preparing the, um, the the tamales for the entire family. So, so it, it was that's that's something I miss a lot. Um, but there, there's some some you know, sancocho, which is a soup um, that has uh, uh, chicken. Sometimes they put uh, beef. It depends. Uh, but it's, it's like a like a one of those things that uh, is made probably every Saturday. It's like a special dish, you know, for the weekends uh, or for celebrations. Um, I mean, in the US, if you go to a restaurant, probably they'll give you Sancocho any any day, uh, any, but it's, it's, it's also, it takes a little bit of time to, mm -hmm. to prepare as well. I am. Really cool that it's like the, I guess like the whole family kind of participates mm -hmm. in getting that ready, right? Cause like, at least here, I feel like that only happens maybe for like Thanksgiving and maybe like Christmas, if that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but normally, you know, it's just one or two people in the house cooking. Um, so yeah, I guess just that that, that sense of family, sense of yeah. culture that, that is, or yeah, sense of family, sense of community that's embedded in the culture is just mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's especially like you said, Derek, in the United States, obviously like family is important and that, that develop, like it depends on each family, obviously, and we always love our family members, but something that I've noticed too with like, you know, Colombia and, you know, Derek, things I've heard about you from Brazil and other people we've talked with, with our language partners, just in general, I feel like that sense of family is even, it's like the center of life, you know, like this, like your family. And I'm not saying it isn't here, but, you know, I, I just, I love that extra emphasis on family and always being there for each other, no matter what and doing stuff together. And, you know, everyone has a part in cooking the dishes. Like that's, you know, I'm just envisioning, I'm like, dang, I want to, I want to invite the Francisco's, you know, his family dinners. Like I would, <laughs> I want to come eat with them. That's not oh, it so sounds much great. fun. It sounds great. Yeah. Well, well, the, the, you know, besides that, uh, the music is a big mm -hmm. part because everyone is either, 
Um, so the region where I'm from is well known for uh, salsa uh, music. So mm -hmm. pretty much since you are a little kid, one of the things you need to learn is how to dance. Um, I was not really into it. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was every single time, everyone, you know, we're uh, family gatherings, uh, you know, one o'clock in the morning, everyone is a little tipsy, hey, come and dance. And you're like, yeah, no, thank you. I'd rather do something else. You know, for me, for me growing up, it was more like video games. It was the time mm -hmm. uh, where the Nintendo, Nintendo system came out. So it was just about that, uh, playing video games on, and, and kind of like playing soccer or doing something else than, mm -hmm. than dancing. I didn't know I didn't know that it was gonna be a, a huge deal for me uh, growing up because you go to parties and and you are the only one not dancing. <laughs> and then let's go and dance. Eh, no, my knee hurts. No, <laughs> no, not today. That's how it is. Yeah. Oh. I'm sure, as as Derek, you can tell. I also I never got formal dance lessons, and obviously, as somebody who's six foot six. Not, dancing is not my strong suit and especially if I go out and you know you hear a good song you don't I'm not the kind of guy who's just gonna like I don't want to like stand there but I also don't want to look like a fool when I dance so I'm like I gotta I gotta create my own dance moves and see what it's happens funny. So. it is funny it's it's yeah. one of my, my favorite things is just watching Nick dance and then he probably will say the same thing about me because I can't dance either so <laughs> yeah, <don't laughs> we're all together mind. in that one but I, I think definitely I've, I've always wanted to learn some like traditional, you know, South American dances, because obviously there's there's salsa. I've heard of the vallenato. Um, obviously, I, mean, I don't know if it's a dance per se, but obviously reggaeton. And is, that's obviously big in Colombia. You know, all the different artists of reggaeton with Balvin, um, Juanes. I mean, he's not reggaeton, but, you know, Maluma. Uh, Carlos Vives. Maluma. Maluma, Maluma baby. Um, yeah. Papi Wancho. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, organized. I know they, they're, there's always new ones coming out. It's, it's mm. hard to keep track. Uh, yeah. I know Becky G is from Colombia, also mm. kind of Carol like getting G. famous now. Carol yeah. um, G, you guys are putting out, oh, yeah, yeah. Carol G, mm. I don't know why they say Becky G. Becky G is yeah. from, from uh, uh, you see, uh, names, yeah, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, yeah. Um, well, did you have anything else here, Nick, to ask? Or? I just had, we had to give a special shout out to uh, Sebastian Gatra also, because that's oh, me and Derek, our, our personal favorite. We listened to all of his songs. We actually went to one yeah. of his concerts a couple yeah. months ago in California. We saw, we saw Yatra, um, Ricky Martin, and Enrique Iglesias. And we were, we were only there for, for Yatra. But... Is Yatra Colombian too? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's from Medellin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well. I don't know that. Okay. The more you know, the more you know. Good to know, good to know. He's he's quite paisa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, one very particular accent, very a very particular way to speak. A little bit different from the people mm -hmm. in my region, and, and probably Nick is more is now more aware of, of those uh, those mm -hmm. differences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go, going off of that, and I guess. We'll use, we'll use that right there as a as our transition. Um, <laughs> so in in your opinion, Francisco, what are the most or yeah, like what is the most important part of language learning for you and your experience? Well, I mean, you know, 
L2 learners, when you're learning a new language, either a second or third, it's always, you tend to focus a lot on, on kind of like the acquiring the language, you know, kind of like getting into uh, the, the morphosyntax, you know, learning conjugations, learning vocabulary, you know, the lexical part, and also getting getting familiar with the with the sounds. Um, but but all of that is also associated with culture, and that's the uh, that's the that's the really interesting part for me. It's just you're learning a language, but that somehow brings uh, brings also um, the culture associated with that language, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 that's that for me is, is 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 the really interesting part. Sometimes the culture is not as explicit as the, it should be. But, but, you know, kind of like students get uh, when you, well, all students and also, you know, if you are not, not a student, you get, start getting like little, little pieces, pieces of, of that, that culture as well. So, so language and culture, I believe they are kind of intertwined. And, and when you learn one, you tend to also learn the other one as well. So everything that is associated with that, with the people who speak also that language. Um, when you when you learn a language, also you learn no, you know the 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 history uh, of the people that speak the language, and kind of it's really interesting that that when you had the chance to travel and go, you know, you learn a language or you are learning a language, you go to visit that particular. Um, it's a it's a different mindset for the speaker. Uh, for the person visiting the country, that uh, you know, it's it's it, it's a different level of experience for the for the person, but it's also for the people, for the native speakers as well. And one of the most fascinating parts of it is that it's, it's really interesting how people react when they hear you trying to speak their native language, and and it just it just. Uh, it just creates a different type of connection. It's like an instant connection that it can be created right away, right? Um, I remember growing up, um, uh, you know, there are many people from the US, but also from Europe, come, uh, you know, visiting Cali. And, and I did for one year um, the military service, which is mandatory in Colombia. Um, and I was selected to do to be in the tourist, the touristic police. Um, I didn't know any English at all, but I I, I lie. I say, yeah, I know English. <laughs> um, so so they select me to be in this, and they they basically what they do is that they put you in different places in which you know the tourists use, usually go go and visit, and and most of the time they just ask for directions or or, or they just ask kind of like basic questions. Um, it it was it was really nice to see how these people, even though sometimes their Spanish it was not the best. Um, it was how we do you that speak a, a total different language that I don't understand. How we communicate each other, how we try to get uh, into this type of conversation. I can give you the information you need, the direction you need, and 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 that that connection that creates. It's just it, it, it was really really amazing for me to see 
um, you know, these people trying to speak uh, my native language, but it, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was for me, the experience, it was really worth it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, we talked a little bit about that in one of our prior episodes, just kind of like that effort of like when you see someone trying to speak your language, right? And like, or, or when you go and try to speak someone else's language and it, the connection, like you said. So it was, it's cool hearing that you've also had like that, that experience, right? Kind of mm-hmm. corroborating our, our, our prior episode here. Yeah, he's only, he's reinforcing really everything we've said in the past couple mm-hmm. episodes. And I know, Derek, this is your favorite quote. And Francisco, I'm sure you've probably heard this as well, but it's from Nelson Mandela. It's probably the third or fourth time we've said this quote, even on the, on the podcast, but it, it's maybe so great. 10, maybe 10th by now. 20th, maybe. Um, but it's if you speak to someone in a language they understand, it speaks to their head. But if you speak to someone in their native language, it speaks to their heart. And, you know, people really appreciate that. They open up completely. And a lot of times, too, like, you know, when you least expect it, somebody, you know, like me and Derek, you know, people not to like profile us, but like you said, we don't really look like people who would speak Spanish and you know seeing and a lot of times in the U.S. you know a lot of Americans won't make the effort to learn the language because they think oh everybody should be learning English and speaking English but I feel like especially with Americans when people see Americans learning or like trying to learn the language or even just like little words it, it goes a long way and yeah, you, 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 see, you see people open up yeah I agree with that it's just it's just it, like I say it creates a different type of connection mm-hmm. Yeah. I, also like you see the one person like you know they're they're vulnerable in a sense you know because they're not yeah. you know i don't know you're, you're you're allowing yourself to be be wrong right um but anyways yeah let's yeah next and, and let uh-huh. me if i just can add uh it's uh because you know so most of the times most of the time people will be uh reluctant to go to any country to Mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a foreign country and speak, try to speak uh, um, their native language, right? Because they say, oh, I just don't want to make mistakes. I don't want to, you know, kind of like people make fun of me because I'm not speaking. Uh, but more than likely people will be like, hey, no, that's okay. And I'm getting little little parts of it that I can at least kind of parts um, I can associate some some meaning to it, so I can help you out, and 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 that's the. I mean, one or two words it will make a difference, a big difference, and and and, and that 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 connection. Um, I don't know people in Hispanic country they tend to be really um, helpful, uh, and and they like to collaborate with the people who don't speak the language really well, and they try to help you as much as they can. Uh, to you know either guide you or answer any questions you might have so yeah don't i mean don't ever say oh i don't speak the the language fluently i'm not going to speak it at all uh, don't, don't do that just just try try to your best and 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 see see what happens because that's the only way you can you can actually learn yeah exactly and i think one of the key parts we've talked about as well in, in other episodes especially when it comes to language learning in schools, and you kind of talked about this too with language and culture, Francisco, but in general, you can't just learn a language by being in the classroom and by simply learning and, and studying textbooks on, in grammar. Like, obviously that's important, but the whole part of language learning is stepping outside of the classroom and immersing yourself in a culture and communicating with people and getting that immersion. And I think that's where the passion and, you know, the true enjoyment can come from 
And that's where it can be life-changing is just by making those connections and immersing yourself in the culture and just changing your perspective on the world. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's true. And, and one of the things I had seen since I started, you know, teaching and uh, teaching Spanish is that um, I like to see how, how students can go from, you know, they start a certain level and they, they go, they go through the, uh, through the different classes that they need to take. And then they go and study abroad. They go to Spain or they go to, to Argentina or to Ecuador. And then when they come back, it's just like their Spanish has just completely exploded. It's yeah. just a different. And, 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 you know, traveling like Nick said, it's just, it's just changed the way you see the world, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it just, it's an amazing, amazing experience. I've been, yeah. I've been studying abroad for 22 years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely an, an unbelievable experience. A very extended semester now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wish, I wish MSU had a 22-year study abroad program. I wish that would be awesome. <laughs> where, where would you go, Nick? Where would you go? <sighs> Man, I, that, that's way too hard of a question. I would, I would want. Colombia like is the only right answer. While he's <laughs> I was, I was gonna say Medellin, so I can learn how to speak like a paisa. But I think I, I can't say that in, on this podcast. It'd have to be Cali. <laughs> <laughs> no, any, anywhere, 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 it would yeah. be, it, it would be a really fun experience, and, mm-hmm. and and also, I mean. You know, most of the people will be like, oh, Hispanics, the culture is pretty much the same. The language is pretty much the same. It's just I can go from one country to the other, pretty much it's going to be the same. And that's totally far from the truth, right? Um, but, but I mean, you can go anywhere and you can learn about that particular culture, about how these, uh, how the people in this country speak. And, and even you can go kind of like to the m- kind of more micro um, and you can learn about those differences between, for example, Paisas and the people mm-hmm. from the North Coast or the people from the capital from Bogota and how the people, how, you know, the people from Cali and you will be very surprised to learn how different they behave in certain situations, how different they speak um, and 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 that level of friendliness that they have, uh, their level of closeness that they have with other people, it's just it's um it's really interesting to see those those um those differences and experience those those uh, uh kind of like learn about those those uh, those differences as well. Exactly. So I think that's three questions we've had for you, Francisco. I think that leaves one more. For this part of the episode, and I think you kind of already touched on it. I think you've already answered it. Um, but that is, if you were to meet up with somebody who is unsure about starting to learn another language, like they weren't sure if they wanted to do it or not, what would what would be the one thing you would say to them, and why? Well, I mean, probably you heard a lot about, uh, heard a lot about you know what are the cognitive benefits of learning a language, right? I mean. I mean, it's, it's about, you know, improve your memory. Uh, it's about help you to be a better uh, problem solver, um, to expand your critical skills and, and stuff like that. But it's also, also pushes your brain, right? And, and get familiar with the different, uh, with a different writing system or you know, getting familiar with the, 
with the you know new vocabulary and 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 I mean if you do go from English to Spanish I mean in terms of writing you don't see that much differences there are sounds that might be a little bit different for example you know the remember Nick uh, vibrantes multiples right that exactly. most of the people when they're learning had some difficulties uh, producing right they can they they know it's 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 different, uh, but they had a hard time producing those sounds like right. Um, but but the most you use it, you know, kind of you you are acquiring over time uh, all the all the sounds that are not in your uh, in your native language. Um, but but you know, kind of like the big picture of it is kind of deepens with your your relationship with all cultures, right? And um, kind of like it gives you a better sense of the world because uh, now you're not looking at it from kind of like a micro like a micro perspective you're now looking at um, like a um, the kind of like the bigger the, the bigger picture of what the world is um, I mean even if you are not planning to visit other countries and, and speak that particular language it, it also, Help you to advance your career basically because mm -hmm. you can use it as an you know like an like an instrument you know i speak spanish and a physician i speak spanish and a, a lawyer and now you have now you spent a little bit more uh you broaden that that kind of the audience that you might have uh kind of that would be you know your customers or your patients or you know mm -hmm. whatever right um so it has many advantages not only uh you know at the cognitive level but also career-wise and also kind of like uh, uh i mean it, it's just with people to develop kind of like better critical thinking you know mm -hmm. it's just it's too many too many benefits to 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 be able to kind of like like pinpoint what will be the most um kind of like uh, uh, the most beneficial for you because there's many benefits to it, uh, but many of them will, might, might apply to any any person who wants to learn a new language, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and our, our last episode was literally on benefits of, of learning. Mm -hmm. An entire episode. So yeah, you, you just literally, everything you said was like right in line with what we said. So it's good knowing that, uh, you, you share the opinions. We should have had him on last time. <laughs> we should have. I think we got him on the wrong episode. My goodness. It, it, it took us like 40 minutes and you, you did it in like two or three right there. Yeah. So. A lot more effective than us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you can, you can spend a lot of time talking about, about, you know, yeah. all the benefits and, and, and how it can help you advance not only, like I said, in your life, but also in your career as well. So it's just, mm -hmm. um, many benefits that are really different like mm -hmm. i said many will apply to one particular person and uh, you know career wise or personal uh, yeah. in, the per in their personal life and in, in even fewer words if i could sum that all up in two words it would be do it just go out and do it Learn. i thought you were gonna say just do it and we were gonna oh, get just, nike yeah we were gonna a boss <laughs> it's a non-sponsored episode yeah i mean I mean, many people see uh, they they look uh, 
for example, um, languages, for example, you know, uh, Mandarin or, or they look at uh, uh, Japanese and they say, wow, ah, that would be really hard to learn. Uh, but that's the same experience that you're gonna have learning, you know, I mean, even like for example, Russian that they had a different writing system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's it's pretty much the same experience for whether you're learning Spanish or or learning I don't know French or Italian or German. Pretty much it's the same experience. You just have to go and try to acquire little by little. This is it's 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 the stages that you have to go through, right? And 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 uh, the more the more you are involved in that particular um, process, the easier it becomes for you to learn. Uh, the language. Yep. There are simply too many benefits not to do it. And I think it's overall, it's just an enjoyable experience and it's just, it's just life-changing. It simply is. And so that's why that's the whole point of our podcast is just to inspire others to learn languages and help make the process as, as easy as possible. So we, uh, we appreciate all that advice, Francisco. And I think everyone else does as well. Yeah. Yep. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of this episode. Does anybody have anything else they want to say before we go ahead and do our wrap up? Francisco, Derek, any closing comments, questions, concerns? Um, like I said, I was happy to be part of your podcast. Thank you so much for the invitation. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so we much. really appreciate you coming on here, Francisco, and uh, just giving us the advice, taking the time to you know talk about languages in your native country of Colombia and Hopefully you've inspired a bunch of people to learn languages and also go visit Colombia as well. All right. That would, that's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's always fun. It's a, it's a beautiful country. Uh, depending on what is what you want to do, there's always mm-hmm. something for, there's always somewhere, something for everyone. So it's just mm-hmm. whether you are into kind of like go on, um, and go to the mountains. So if you are more into city, go to museums and and, and enjoy more like the city life, uh, you know, the countryside. I mean, there's always something for everyone. So I I can see, I, I, I cannot say, you just need to go and mm-hmm. see it and experience it by yourself. And then, um, like I say, it's gonna be a life changing uh, mm-hmm. experience for, for everyone who, decides to do that mm-hmm. without question well we appreciate you all giving us another listen today on this episode as always feel free to subscribe to us on youtube we are on spotify apple Podcasts, amazon music your favorite spotify platform i forgot about google Podcasts as well gotta shout that out as well um so yeah feel free to give us a subscribe uh give us a listen on those podcast forms whatever your preferred method is Feel free to check us out on Instagram too at Langringos Podcast. And always, if you have any questions, comments, whatever it may be, feel free to email into us, langringospodcast at gmail.com. And that about wraps up our episode. We appreciate you all giving us a listen and hasta la próxima. Bye.